Last week, I shared a simple message with you about perspective, and tonight is going to be a little bit similar, just to following along that same line. I want to talk to you tonight about attitude. How's your attitude? Don't ask your spouse, right? We always talk to kids about attitude. I mean, how many of you remember when you were a kid and you got an attitude adjustment? <laughs> Some of us. I required a lot of adjustment, just saying. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, nowadays, do you ever encounter adults that you would like to give an attitude adjustment to? <laughs> yeah, don't do that. It, it doesn't work that way with adults, I'm just saying. But, you know, as adults, if we're going to have a change in our attitude, we're going to have to do it ourselves. That's really the only way it happens for adults. I mean, there might be some things that help you get there and help you accomplish that, but it's a real personal thing. If you're going to have an attitude adjustment, if you're going to get a better attitude as an adult, it's going to be something that you decided to do yourself. That's something that really and truly only you can change. Now, you know, with my kids, uh, attitude was always just as, as important as action. I mean, you know, if they're obeying, but they're doing it with the horrible attitude, we're going to have a problem. You know what I'm saying? Anybody else with me on that? Well, I want to tell you that in a way, the Lord is that way with us also because Jesus made it real clear that it's not just about what we do, but it's the motives of our heart. It's the attitude, the intent that's behind it. And so I just want you to understand that your attitude is important. It's important to God. But we need, we need to understand how powerful this is. Our attitude is not everything, but it is a real key to us living the life that God has for us and really being successful in all that he gives us to do. So what exactly is attitude? It is the summation and overall pattern of the way that you think and feel about something, you got an attitude about something in particular or someone or just life in general. It's the way you think, it's the overall pattern of the way you think and the way you feel about something or somebody or life itself. John Maxwell, popular speaker and author, leadership guru, he says that attitude is the difference maker. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, he wrote a book called The Difference Maker, and it's all about attitude. But so often it is the difference between success and failure. It's the difference between reconciliation and division. It's the difference between being happy and being miserable. Attitude. I can tell you this, it will affect every area of your life. And our attitude, you know, it shows up in our actions. It shows up in our words. It even shows up in our facial expressions. Especially some of us, you know, we just can't hide how we feel or what we're thinking because it, you know, our face just tells it all. But any of you parents ever said to your kid, don't give me that attitude just because of a look on their face, right? But attitude is so important. It's really more important I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch you here for just a second, all right? Then facts, then past, 
than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, what people think or say or do. It's more important than appearances. It's more important than giftedness or skill. It'll make or break a company, a church, a home. And the remarkable thing about attitude is, is that we all have a choice every day what our attitude is going to be. It's the one thing that we absolutely have control over and that we can change. It may not be easy, but it's, it's something that we can do if we really want to. I've known people from good homes that seemed to have everything in the world going for them. They had every advantage in life and yet they never really accomplished much. On the other hand, there are people who have come from poverty and abuse and they went on to accomplish great things. One of the big differences, it was just attitude. Some were willing to believe and work hard in spite of great disadvantages and others, well, they just gave up before they ever really even started. Some complained about what was wrong and others put forth effort to change what was wrong. Some live in cynicism and despair and some live in faith and believe and trust God. It all depends on attitude, which one you choose. Some, well, they just have an overcoming attitude and some just have a loser attitude. I didn't say they were losers. I said they got a loser attitude. And you know what? So often it's a prediction of being a loser. Hmm, that was ugly. <laughs> See, attitude will, will really impact how many friends you have and the kind of friends you have. You know, the Bible says if a man will have friends, he must show himself friendly. Well, you know, if you got that attitude, nobody likes me. I want to tell you that that'll put people off. That just that attitude alone, it causes you to appear to be aloof and distant. You know, if you have a judgmental, critical attitude, people don't want to be around you. You know, if you don't like people, guess what? That attitude comes across to people and you're not going to have too many friends. As some of us, you know, we're just not holding your mouth right. <laughs> you got to smile. That's right. That's right. All right. It comes, see that attitude, it comes across. But if you're having trouble making friends, speak and be friendly, be nice, be pleasant, treat people the way you want to be treated, see what happens. See, nobody likes a cranky old grump. You know, you watch these sitcoms and a lot of them have some cranky old grump. I mean, they've been doing this a long time. Anybody remember Archie Bunker? I mean, we like Archie Bunker just because he's funny, because he's so grumpy. And, you know, a little bit later, and everybody loves Raymond. You got Frank Barone. What a grump, you know, and he's funny. But the truth is, is in real life, nobody wants to be around that guy. And I'm telling you, it, see, our attitude has everything to do with our relationships, our friendships, and really even our own family. It affects or it infects all of our relationships. It'll affect or infect your workplace, 
It'll affect or infect your marriage, your church, your friendships, the effectiveness of your Christian witness. All of it is affected by your attitude. How successful you are in business. How about this? Somebody's got a lazy, entitled attitude. I want to tell you they're going nowhere. See? And at the same time, if you've got a can-do attitude, that opens doors. So, so much of life is better or worse depending on attitude. What's missing in this sermon? We hadn't had a scripture yet. I've kind of danced around the idea of one, but here we go. The first thing we have to know about changing our attitude is that it really is a choice. And I'm going to read from the NIV tonight, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, 4, 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now he tells us we're supposed to put off that old self. We're not supposed to live that old life, those old ways. We're, we're supposed to get rid of all that. And we're supposed to put on the new man created in Christ Jesus in righteousness and true holiness. See, we're supposed to put on Jesus. I mean, we're supposed to live out what it looks like to be like Jesus. That's, that's our goal. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But there's something caught right there in the middle. And this is what he says. We need a new attitude. Be made new in the attitude of your minds. I'm telling you for a lot of people, they're struggling to really live a Christian life and it has everything to do with their attitude. Your attitude's a real key to overcoming in the Christian life and being who God wants you to be. One of the most important decisions you make every day is your attitude. I think for most people, it's not even a decision. They're just in default mode. And so they just repeat the same old attitude. You know, their attitude may evolve over time sometimes, but basically they just have the same attitude every day. And I believe that this message tonight will present you with an opportunity, whether it's tonight or in the morning or whenever you get around to it, to say, you know what? I'm going to change my attitude about this. Or maybe... Some of us tonight are going to say, I'm going to change my attitude about God. I'm going to change my attitude about life in general. But I'm just telling you, if you're really going to live this Christian life, be made new in the attitude of your mind. See, there's so many things you can't control, but one of the things you can is your attitude. We've all heard this before. It's not the gale, but the sail that determines your course. See, there's times when it's difficult to have the right attitude. You know, there are things that happen that you have absolutely no control over. Things don't always go the way that we want. And I don't know about you, but there's always something that's not going the way I want. I mean, it's always something. There's always an opportunity to have a bad attitude. But realize this, that every one of those opportunities to have a bad attitude, it's also an opportunity to decide to have a good attitude anyway. 
You know, there's times I think that great things are happening and yet some people manage to have a rotten attitude even when things are going good. Oh, attitude. It can make you happy. It can make you miserable. Sunday school teacher telling the story about the prodigal son and the Sunday school teacher was wanting to emphasize to the class about the attitude of the older brother and how the older brother had this bad attitude when the younger brother came home and they were celebrating and in the midst of all of the party and the festivities and celebration, uh, he said, now somebody uh, did not enter into this celebration and was not happy about this occasion at all. Does anybody know who it was? Well, one little nine-year-old girl said, the fatted calf. <laughs> you ever feel like the fatted calf? <laughs> but you know what? There's actually a lot of people, I think, that they have that same attitude of the older brother where somebody else is getting blessed and they don't think they deserve it and they got a grumpy, sorry attitude about it instead of rejoicing with those that rejoice. I want to tell you, that's a quick way to slow up the blessings of God in your own life is to resent somebody else being blessed. But here's the thing. You know, you take a look at that older brother. His brother just came home. Everybody else is happy and celebrating. He should have been celebrating. And instead, there's a party going on, but he's miserable. That's attitude. Now, back to that fatted calf. You know, sometimes we just feel like we're just victims of our circumstances because you can't always control what happens to you, but you can choose your attitude in those circumstances. So with all of life's problems and difficulties, we don't have to allow them to make us miserable. And we don't have to give up if we got the right attitude. We can overcome. There's always a way with God to overcome. He says we're more than conquerors. He calls us overcomers in his word. There's always a way. A few years ago, there were some adventurers that tried to be the first people to circle the globe in a hot air balloon. They took off from St. Louis, Missouri, and they headed eastward across the Atlantic and toward Africa. But the prevailing winds started taking them toward Libya which was really bad because at this time, Libya uh, hated Americans and they were afraid of being shot down there. Well, you know, in a hot air balloon, there's no steering mechanism. You go where the wind blows. But what they did is they lowered their balloon down to a lower altitude and they caught a crosswind that took them south until they were far enough south that they could get around Libya. And then they went back up and caught the east wind and went on on their journey. Here's the thing. A lot of life is going to present you with some conflict, with some problems, with some trouble. How are you going to get around it? A lot of the time, you just need a change in your attitude to get you headed in the right direction. I, I, I really believe this. Listen, 
See, you look at negative circumstances in your life. Maybe you got problems in a relationship, whatever it might be. Maybe changing your attitude is the beginning of seeing that situation change, that relationship change. Or I guess we could just stay upset, negative, faithless, griping, complaining, and never see it change. But what if we could just change our attitude and decide that we're going to trust God, we're going to believe God, we're going to be nice, we're going to be loving. Changing your attitude. You say, I can't do anything about it. You can change your attitude. And a lot of times that is the beginning place for that beginning to change. So you can change your attitude. The second thing we need to know about changing our attitude is that we need to have biblical attitudes. Hebrews 4:12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You see, the word of God to us today is to challenge us to be uh, faith-filled, to be believing, to be, uh, have an attitude, well, let me just put it this way, attitudes in every situation that would line up with the word of God. We want our attitudes to be scriptural, not just all over the place. See, we, and here's what it says. It says that the word judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So how do you know if you, you need an attitude change? That's one of the most powerful things about this book. It judges your attitude. Judges your thoughts, you see. Remember, our attitudes to a great degree are a, a summarization of our thoughts and our feelings about things. This judges our thoughts and attitudes. And so you're reading this book or maybe you're hearing it, however you're getting it, but when it says something different than what your attitude is, it's time for an attitude change. You know, sometimes it really is the key to winning in your marriage, schoolwork, whatever, is that we change our attitude and the word of God will show you what needs to change. See, if you think that it's all just beyond you, you know, well, you know, things at my job are bad and it's just not fair. You know, God can't use me because nobody gives me an opportunity to serve. I almost want to tell you so much of the time, the real issue is that we need an attitude change. It's not just that the world is bad or that people are unfair. A lot of the time it comes down to this, that we need a change and our attitude. We need to get our attitude lined up with the word of God. Now I'm going to come back to that because we're going to talk about some examples tonight and really focus on just a few things in the, scripturally what our attitude needs to be. But I, I want to get this third principle in that we need uh, to get our thinking in line with the word of God. It's real hard to have a biblical attitude if we're thinking wrong. Because so much of our attitude, it's coming from the thought patterns that we have all the time. And so we need to be careful that we get our thinking right the way that the word of God tells us to. See, 
wherever you need an attitude adjustment, I want to tell you, you're going to have to change the way you think in that area. If we're thinking negative thoughts all the time, it's almost impossible for us to have a good attitude. So Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, I just got to ask you, you find yourself thinking about all of the lies in this world and all of the ugly things and all the things that are wrong and all the things that are impure and all the things that are terrible and all the things that are, you know, disgusting and no wonder we get bad attitudes. And I'm just going to get out here. It's not anything new, but I'm just going to get on out here and say it. I'm just going to tell you, you're getting a steady diet of thought patterns from all of this negative stuff, whether it's hitting you from the evening news or from Facebook or however you're getting it, you're getting all this, or maybe it's some friends and people and you're getting all this garbage thought pattern going on about, listen, There's lots of ugly in our world. There's lots of impure in our world. There's lots of lies in our world. There's all kinds of junk in our world. And it, you, you just feed yourself this all the time. There's no way you're going to have an overcoming faith attitude when you're feeding yourself that garbage all the time. No way you're going to have a loving attitude. So many believers are caught up in all of this and they're angry and they're resentful and bitter and they don't treat the lost right. And they're, listen, angry and bitter and resentful. That's miserable. Where's the joy of the Lord? It has to do with their thinking. They're thinking about all the wrong stuff. Whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. See all that negative junk, you need to check it at the door and say, no, thank you. I'm not listening to that. I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to think about how, how amazing my God is. I'm going to think just about how wonderful he, how good the Lord is. I'm going to think about all the good things that are happening. I'm going to think about how people's lives are being changed. I'm going to think about how good it is to come, at, come to church and get in the presence of God. Amen. See, there's all kinds of good things we can think about. And if we're going to have a good attitude, sometimes we just got to get a hold of our thought life. And a lot of that has to do with the stuff that we're listening to and putting before our eyes. But whatever you think enough will get down in your heart and it's going to come out in attitude, words, and action. That's why Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Another translation says, guard your heart. You got to protect it from junk. Amen. And most believers in our time in America have a word deficit, a word deficit. I'm not talking about they don't talk enough. They talk plenty. I'm talking about they have a word of God deficit. And it, it seems it's so weird that in history and even now in countries where they have little opportunity for the word of God, 
they treasure it as priceless and they'll memorize it and just, you know, they're so hungry for it. And it seems like in America, we have 40 different Bibles and well, you know, I mean, we just, we got it on our phones and electronic, it's all around us everywhere. And it seems like it just gets taken for granted and disregarded too much of the time. We should be feasting on the word of God and filling our heart and mind with it all the time because it will change you. It will change your thoughts. It will change your attitude. It'll change your perspective. We talked about that last week and it'll change your outcome. Psalm 1, 1 and 2, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly and stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Scornful. I won't tell you these people are miserable. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. See, we need to meditate it. That just means that you go over it and over it and over it. When you do that, it's going to help you get the right kind of attitude. So we want to have biblical attitudes. So I want us to look at a few attitudes from the Bible. First, we need an I can attitude. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This is used for the silliest things. You know, in the name of Jesus, we're going to beat the other team because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It would really be good if you could come to the prayer meeting. I just can't make it. You know, I tried to read the Bible and I just, you know, I just can't. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I want to tell you, you can do anything that God wants you to do. Amen. See, that doesn't mean, you know, I can go out here and, and I could repeat that verse 4,000 times and I'm not going to be able to slam a basketball at a 10-foot goal. It's not going to happen. And we can lower it down all the way on this one we've got and then I can dunk it. You know what I'm saying? But I, no matter how much I confess, I'm not going to be able to do that. I mean, unless God wants me to. And if God wants me to, well, I can dunk on a 15-foot basketball goal. I'm just telling you, sometimes people get silly with these verses. But here's what it does mean, is we can do whatever we need to do in God's will, whatever he wants us to do. We need to have an I can attitude. I want you to know, too, that in this world, that attitude goes a long, long ways. And I'm not talking about self-confidence. I'm talking about confidence in the Lord knowing that he is greater. He that is in us is greater than he that's in the world. Amen. And, you know, we just need to have that I can attitude that God will help us do whatever we need to do. And we might not be the strongest, the smartest, the best, but with his help, we can get it done. Now, that being said, I'm going to touch on this just a little bit. Like I said, there's a lot of silly stuff goes on. Maybe God didn't intend for you to be a singer. Some of your friends and family might be able to help you with that. He might not have gifted you to be a brain surgeon or to be a professional football player. Sorry to say, but now the things that God has given you to do. If you have a bad attitude, the wrong attitudes will keep you from being successful at the things God wants you to do. Just fun. All right. Little boy. 
Some of you, you've probably heard this before. Little boy, he goes out in the yard with his ball and his bat and he throws the ball up in the air and he swings and he misses. And he says, strike one. And he says, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. And he throws the ball up again and he swings and he misses. And he says, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. And he throws the ball up again and he swings and he misses. And he says, strike three. I'm the greatest pitcher in the world. (laughs) Now, here's the moral to the story. See, you might not be great at everything, but you can be great at something. And here's the thing, whatever, whatever God has gifted you and equipped you to do, whatever he wants you to do, you can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Just remember, Moses had an I can't attitude. Well, God helped him do what he needed to do. But when Moses was kept telling the Lord, I can't, I can't, I can't, you read the Bible, it angered the Lord. We should never tell God, I can't. We can do anything he wants us to do. Next, we need to have an attitude of hope and faith. And we talked about this the last couple of weeks, but we should always expect good things. We serve a God. Well, he's a good God and he does good things. So why shouldn't we expect good things? We believe the word of God. We believe the promises of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So many promises available to us. We should always have a faith attitude because whatever the problem, I want to tell you there's a promise. We should always have a faith attitude. You know, some people, always negative, they believe and confess Murphy's laws instead of God's. It goes like this. Nothing is as easy as it looks. Everything takes longer than you think. If anything can go wrong, it will. The other line always moves faster. Okay, now that one's true. (laughs) Have you ever changed lines three times? (laughs) Oh, that one's going. I get in that one. It stops. Oh, that one. Getting that one. The register's broke now. Whatever you bought, you paid for, you're going to find it cheaper somewhere. If you drop a tool while you're working, working on the car, it automatically rolls dead center underneath the car. Friends come and go, but enemies accumulate. The, the light at the end of a tunnel, it's really an oncoming train, right? This just goes on and on. Don't expect bad things to you. Don't expect people not to like you. Expect to have favor. Amen. And you know, just keep that attitude of faith. Trust in God, even when things don't look good. You know, David in the Bible, we, we talk about his great victories and the things that happen. But for so much of David's life, there were tremendous difficulties and heartaches. And yet he said things like, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You see, we got to keep that faith attitude, trusting God, not complaining. See, don't complain about your spouse or your family. Don't complain about your job. Be believing. God honors faith. He doesn't, he not only does he not honor complaining, he does not like it when we complain. 
Why wouldn't we be the most positive people in the world? And don't misunderstand me. This is not just about being, you know, having a positive mindset. But we as the people of God, and we believe God, why would we not be the most positive people in the world? There's nothing too hard for God. Jesus said, with, all th- with God, all things are possible. He said, all things are possible to him who believes. So whatever's going on, we just need to continue to have an attitude of faith and don't allow ourselves to start doubting and being fearful and worrying, but keep that attitude of faith. Next, we need to have a cheerful attitude. And I'm not talking about a phony, cheesy smile. I'm talking about something that comes from the heart, an attitude of the heart. I'm talking about what Jesus said in John 16, 33. In this world, you're gonna have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We can be of good cheer. You know, I've told this story before, you know, some people they're just always happy and cheerful and in the morning sometimes that could be really irritating right you see my wife is one of those she's always all smiles and everything and I know some of you know this but you know one day I'm heading out the door and she says have a good day and I said I've already made other plans you know and um you know, we laughed about it for a minute and uh, somewhere in the process, I got an attitude adjustment <laughs> and figured out that, you know, I ought to change my attitude about the day. And um, <clears throat> that's not unusual. Not, but here's the thing, you see, I changed my attitude and we can do that. Right. We can decide. It's not always easy, but we can decide to have a good attitude. We can decide to be cheerful. I mean, the apostle Paul is in prison for preaching the gospel. This is real persecution, not the kind of stuff I see Americans calling persecution today. This is real persecution. He's in prison for preaching the gospel. And he writes, Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What an attitude. I mean, this guy stayed on top of it. He had such an overcoming attitude, always rejoicing, always praising the Lord. Some people just always down, always complaining, always whining. I mean, they're not happy unless they got something to be upset over. I just want to tell you, nobody wants to hire that person. People don't want to be in a home with that person. Just saying. But we got so much to be happy about. I said we ought to be the most positive people in the world. We ought to be the happiest people in the world. Psalm 144, verse 15. In the King James, it goes like this. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. We got something to be happy about. I mean, if the Lord is your God, you're in a good situation. They say, oh no, I'm in a bad way. God is bigger than your situation. If you're his and he's your God, I'm telling you, you're in a good situation. We just need to get a biblical attitude James 1, 2 says, whatever difficulties you face, you should count them joy. That's that's an attitude. 
even when problems and difficulties come. And you know what? Let me tell you something about having that kind of a positive attitude. A lot of doctors now believe that having a positive attitude is one of the most important factors in overcoming a serious illness like cancer. I mean, you know, it's just taken taken science a few thousand years to catch up with the Bible because the Bible says in Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. We're going to go really fast now. Number four, we ought to have an attitude of gratitude. We all have heard that one before, but I tell you, it's so important. We need to be thankful people. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're not a thankful person, you will always struggle to be happy. But you start getting this right, and the Bible says this is God's will, that we give thanks in everything. In everything, give thanks. This is how we're supposed to pray. Philippians 4, 6, we pray with thanksgiving. You don't pray with with complaining. You pray with thanksgiving. There's always something to complain about and there's always something to be grateful for. I'm telling you, it really comes down to attitude. Next, we need an attitude of excellence in everything we do. A lazy attitude will hold you back. Be a hard worker. Do your best. No matter what it is, don't have the attitude it doesn't matter. Because the Bible says this in Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. It's working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So you do the best you can at your job. You do the best you can at your home. You know, if you might not have the nicest home or the nicest car, take care of it anyway. You do the best with what you have. See, and certainly whatever ministry we're involved in, don't ever think that it's not important. You, do, you give it your very, he says, do it with all your heart. You do your very best. It matters. It matters in the kingdom. You know, it's so important that you do your best because you're doing it unto the Lord. And he says, you're going to get a reward for that. See, well, they don't pay me enough to blah, blah, blah. Don't look to men as your reward. Whatever you do, you do it heartily as unto the Lord. Have an attitude of excellence. Next, have an attitude of humility. Philippians 2.5 says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, and he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You worried that if you humble yourself and you you become the servant, well, you're just going to be trampled on? I want to tell you, your heavenly Father will exalt you. He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time, he will exalt you. Pride is such a horrible attitude. It will destroy your relationships and God will oppose you. Last, we need to have a loving attitude. (laughs) It doesn't matter how spiritual we think we are. 
It doesn't matter how smart we are, what abilities we have, what great, listen, spiritual gifts we have. Now, I'm, I'm not gonna take time to read it, but I'm gonna tell you, you read 1 Corinthians 13, one through three, and I'm telling it right. It doesn't matter if you have faith that can move mountains. If we miss the love part, it's worthless. We gotta have a loving attitude. In fact, according to our Savior, to love God and to love our neighbors ourselves, that's the most important thing. We gotta get that right. You see, the scripture over and over and over, it shows us what our attitude ought to be in every situation, in all our relationships, in all our activities. And I'm telling you, if we'll just allow it, it can change our attitude and it can change our life. Just this one little thing, I say little, I know it can be a big thing to really change your attitude, especially if you've been a certain way a long, long time. But I'm just telling you, just changing your attitude can begin a huge change in your life and your circumstances. Attitude. Maybe you need an attitude adjustment. We'll let the Holy Spirit have his way. Stand with me. We're going to pray.